Welcome to Compelling Communicators, a podcast where we learn some golden communication truths from compelling communicators from wide ranging fields, including teaching, mediation, youth work, mental health nursing, counseling, expressive arts modalities, and community development. Hi, everybody. My name is Rachel Clark. This is my first podcast and the first episode of my first podcast. So I'm very excited to be here. Um, I'm keen to share with you why I started uh, this podcast project um, and to share with you some of the ideas that we're going to be exploring throughout this season of the podcast. So what started me um, in my thinking about creating this podcast was uh, my students. So um, primarily I'm a teacher um, of community services work, having worked for many years in community services with directly with people who are accessing services for all sorts of different reasons. Uh, communication has been at the core of that practice and those practices. And so I now find myself in the classroom teaching and learning from students as part of a collaborative process where one of the units is communication. And we spend some time working out what communication is and how we can use it effectively for uh, interactions that are safe, trustworthy and productive when working with people accessing services or we might call them clients. And the conversations are so fascinating in that space. And yet there are gaps. There are gaps to understanding why some things work and some things don't and which situations they may work better in. And so I started to think about creating my own uh, series of questions that I ask people that I know um, who I consider to be compelling communicators um, because I wanted to learn about what they did. I had some ideas myself over my years of, of practice around what works and why, but I decided that I want to reach out to people that I knew who were part of uh, my world and learn more from them so I could share that with my students. That was the original reason for this podcast, uh, and it continues to be the reason for it in the sense that I am learning alongside my students who I hope will listen to this podcast about what makes a communicator compelling, engaging, safe, productive. Uh, and these are the questions that I uh, decided to ask or shortly I will, I'll share with you what they are and also my answers to them by way of an introduction to this process. But before I do that, I want to thank my dear friend, Kathy Williams, who encouraged me to embark on this adventure and who is one of my guests on the podcast. So you'll look forward to listening to her episode. So here are my questions in uh, question form and then in answer form. So my first question I ask everybody is, can you introduce yourself, your work focus and a value that's really important to you in life in general? So I am Rachel. Um, my work focus is, is many and varied over the years, communication being the golden thread that runs through 
all of these elements. I've always worked with people, alongside people, for the benefit of social change, whether it be at an individual or a community or a broader societal level. So I consider myself to be an educator, and I do that in classrooms, in education institutions, both in schools and higher education spaces. I have worked in group work as well. So I'm a facilitator of group work processes. I'm also a coach and a mentor uh, and a mediator. So I'm deeply interested in how we support people to resolve conflicts together in a peaceful, uh, equal way. I have worked in the community development space all my adult life, and that influences the approaches that I take to my work around building places of belonging. So I work directly with people in community, in the classroom, and in the workplace. I work alongside people who are working alongside people. Uh, a value that um, I hold dear is collaboration. I mentioned it earlier. I do believe that we are all in this life together. It is a, a guiding principle that, that influences my everyday activities. It carries uh, political activist um, intent alongside heart-led practices. I feel that we are better off collaborating than being in competition together. I think there are better outcomes when there are more heads and hearts working on something. And I truly believe that we are all interdependent. So that leads me to my next question, which is what does communication as a concept mean to you? What is it? So I think communication in all of its forms, and they are many and varied, essentially is about connection to ourselves and others in the pursuit of building safer, more beautiful relationships in our lives. My priority is always being relational to others. So I prioritize the relational connection over, another example could be tasks or getting stuff done. I see that if we lay the foundation of solid, trustworthy, clear relationships in whatever space we are in our world, we will be able to achieve those necessary tasks more easily, more safely, more fairly, more equitably. Next question, how do you use communication in your work? Well, as I learned about teaching, and I've learned about that in many different areas, but I'm gonna focus on teaching English as, as an additional language in particular. Uh, I learned that the tools that we use when we communicate can be chosen for particular purposes. So there is a science behind it, but I do always think and do share this with my students that communication is more an art than a science. Um, it is more free-flowing than have following set, a set of rules or principles. But knowing what those rules or tools or principles are is essential to it. And part of the understanding that I developed by learning how to teach English as an additional language gave me those tools. 
And I know that when we choose wisely and we lead with those skills and tools, we can impact the outcome of interactions enormously in in the favor of the people that we're communicating with and ourselves. As a purpose-driven person, um, somebody who wants to affect social change, I'm so interested and intrigued and committed to how we can bring people with us on a journey towards a a better shared future by using compelling communication, by using communication that is safe, fair, equitable, transparent, and clear. Question four, how would you describe the type of communication you use? Well, this is uh, starts to get down into the nuts and bolts of those communication areas that I talked about in the last question. Many, mainly spoken is my type of communication because I'm in a synchronous space with people mostly. So I'm in the same physical space, ideally, but in the same time frame with them. We're there together in real time, whether it be in the classroom, the training room, and a one-to-one call with somebody uh, for the purpose of educating or uh, mentoring, coaching, supporting somebody to improve practice. So, and I do that mainly through spoken communication. So to prepare for this type of communication, it takes time and attention, and I work out what the flow of ideas will be and how they may best be received in real time. And, you know, whether I use images, whether I choose metaphors, whether I involve personal reflections or small or large group discussions, other practical activities, that all goes into my thinking around how that spoken communication is best um, shared. So the tools I use to connect and share my ideas may, in in that synchronous communication, may include body language, will include body language. I move around a lot. Um, I use eye contact and I'm very aware of, of the different levels of comfort people have with eye contact. I choose how I use that alongside the verbal clarity that I mentioned before. I also use humor in the moment, and it can be um, a tricky one, this, because it depends on your audience and also the style of humor that you use. But I have found a way of, of including my type of humor that connects ideas to experience and the people who may have experienced them. I also bring the skill of being highly present into the space, which is the group work principles that I have honed over time. Um, And that's around working with the energies and the emotions in the room, including my own. Uh, And I aim to hold these often unspoken and unseen dynamics which being present can give us awareness of. I aim to hold those in a safe and transparent way, which may involve speaking to uncomfortable moments that I notice happening. So I do see my communication style in this setting as a performance in which we are all playing a role. So I use written communication too, And this might be to prepare for these synchronous settings, or it may be um, to provide people with learning resources that they're going to use um, 
outside of time directly with me, so asynchronously. That might be that they are looking at something that supports an assessment or a discussion they're going to have with work colleagues. Uh, it might be for program documentation. But all, always I'm thinking for written communication about the structure of flow that will help orient orientate the reader to why they're reading something and what they're reading and to help them maintain an open and flexible mind to receive ideas. So that might be supported by imagery, for example. My next question, question five, how do your communication skills impact your life in general? Well, they make my life better, more complex, more real, more satisfying. The more I learn about communication and all of its complexities, the more I am fascinated by how powerful it is as a set of skills and artistry in building safer, fairer, more meaningful connections with ourselves and others. Question six, where or how did you learn to communicate in the way that you do now? Did you receive specific training or is there experience that informed you or both? So I have learned from watching other people bring along with them um, ideas um, that bring other people with them uh, and often for a social purpose or movement like politics. So as a child, I witnessed my grandmother as a politician give speeches and hold an audience. And this was formative for me. I was in awe of her capacities and the impact she had on people around her fascinated me. I've always been intrigued by Kamelin compelling communicators like her and how they bring people with them to achieve social change. And we see this in, in the likes of Barack Obama or Martin Luther King, Maya Angelou, um, people who are artists in auditory, in, in oratory and um, allow us as listeners to be, be swept away, be taken with them, um, and, and I believe that those people do that for, for social change, for social good. Uh, and then there's my own teacher training. And here's where you'll get to meet some of the people who have directly influenced my own skill development, um, starting with my very own teacher, John, whom I interviewed for this podcast and is the first cab off the rank in the series. So as a student teacher of English, I was initiated into the complexities of how to teach and then how to teach English. And learning how to do both was a game changer for my capacities to communicate with others for a range of purposes. But going further back than that, communicating with clients, uh, the users of the services that I was working for, um, was really my first initiation into communicating safely and transparently and fairly. And I had many failures in that where I didn't meet the mark and many successes. And so I learned um, by initiation as well. Question seven, do you have a memory of a moment where you had a breakthrough in your skills, either because you succeeded in a special way or because you failed in an equally significant way. Well, as I alluded to before, there are many times where I have failed in many significant ways to communicate a message. And I think if we're aware of, of, of 
the impact or we're looking for the impact we are aware when we're not meeting the mark where somebody isn't quite getting what we're saying we're very we can be very tuned into that and I and there are many many examples that I too many to note where I have not communicated what I'm wanting to communicate um but I do have many micro moments of experience where I can see that my communication has had an impact because the personal people I've been communicating with soften or relax into comfortable sharing or they build on my ideas. So I think that's the opposite of not meeting the mark is where you feel that somebody starts to, they start to connect with you in that same space and, and the softening and relaxing is visible. And you think, okay, we can we can keep going together here. But the moments that really stand out for me around breakthroughs in skills were when, when I've been in groups, when I'm sharing maybe a story that's more personal than profess- professional that comes from a place of deep authenticity. And I can feel people's attention in their focus and energy towards me. It's in these moments I feel that we're all transported together to a plane of connection and shared engagement. It's that you could hear a pin drop type of laser focus that all are, we're all engaging in that space together. And then it's gone. That feeling lasts for a few seconds, but it's magical and it's felt and it's based in trust and connection and what's more it builds further trust and connection in the group as it moves forward question eight what are your go-to communication tools strategies approaches in your work well i have talked to some of them in relation to spoken and written but i'm going to dive a bit deeper So in face-to-face communication, I use active listening skills all the time because they are such powerful strategies for building trust and understanding between people. I see active listening as a way to demonstrate a listening to understand attitude so that all involved in the communication feel valued, heard, and supported. Most importantly, this skill set helps me understand if I am really understanding what others are trying to share in their communication with me and others. So the skills embedded in active listening that I use most often are paraphrasing, validating, restating, pausing, and a careful use of questions. Fundamentally, for communication in the moment, or as I've referred to previously, synchronous communication, I am bringing my presence and attention to that moment. And this requires great attention and intention. Question nine, what impact are you looking for? What do you want to achieve by using these these skills and tools? I want people to feel valued, trusted, and empowered. I am looking for signs that in my connection with others, as I communicate with them in the different ways that I choose to, so that people are valued, trusted, and empowered. I also want to help people understand themselves more. 
This means that by using my skills in communication, I can facilitate a deeper understanding of their own ideas and processes, both within themselves and between me and them. And this then gives me greater insight into their world and the broader world in general. So using my communication skills helps me build my understanding of the world in all of its complexities and nuance. Question 10. What have you learned about communication as you've developed your skills? Is there one golden truth you share with interested people? Uh, I love this question. And this was the question that, that really lit me up when I was interviewing people. I was so keen to get to this question and hear what they had to say because it's such a difficult one to answer. Uh, if you have to really give you know, one or two main ideas. But what I think is that people want to be truly listened to and heard. So giving time and space to this precious act, this golden precious act of holding space for other people to share from their heart and head. It is an honour to do this for people and it feels like an honour to receive it. I also cannot leave this question without saying the power of questions is unexplainable, <laughs> inexplicable, amazing. Um, knowing how to ask the right question at the right time can open up the channels of communication between people and really take everybody involved in the communication to new heights of connection and understanding. My penultimate question is, who is the most impactful communicator you have experienced, witness, and why? Well, there are many, many people, some of whom I've already mentioned, um, who stand out in the canon of communication that is compelling and for good. But I'm going to focus on the people that I have chosen to interview for this season of the podcast, because they have guided me to be better, a better communicator and have offered me moments of magic in their communication styles, skills and approaches. They have all impacted me in magnificent ways. And this is why I've chosen to create this podcast to share their precious insights so we can all become more compelling communicators. My final question um, feels like a coda to this series of questions and ending. Um, how do you draw communication to a close or say goodbye to people? I like to check in with people at the end of my time together with them, that they've had a chance to share what they are comfortable sharing, ask for what they need, and then know that I'm here for them for future sharings. Uh, I also like to hug people goodbye if they're a personal friend. So those are my questions that I've answered that you will get to hear in each episode. My friends, my dear collaborators, my trusted guides in communication sharing with me. I hope you enjoy listening to the gems of communication wisdom that these conversations share across this season of compelling communicators. Thank you for listening to this episode of Compelling Communicators. Thanks to Nina Humphreys for composing the music you're listening to now. See you next time.